0: Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain.
1: How's it going, everybody? Lauren McClain here with Cleon Wall, and we are doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what we have coming up on the show today. The Cowboys giddy-up Don home with an L, but we'll break down our thoughts on the fourth game of the season. Plus, with BYU entering the Big 12, we'll discuss what we hope becomes of the historical Utah State-BYU matchup. And Riley Nielsen, Curtis Brown, and Brett they those sound familiar, weighing on their experiences with the Aggie and Cougar rivalry. Cleon, the Wyoming game was an interesting one. But let's talk about Jaron Hall. Incredible. Completed 26 of 32 passes for 337 yards and four touchdowns. He completed a pass to eight different receivers and also rushed for 17 yards in the win. Keanu Hill, which a lot of people maybe didn't even – think about before this game had an incredible game five receptions for 160 yards and two touchdowns and then miles davis not that miles davis uh had a breakout game rushed the ball 13 times for a career high 131 yards something that really stands out is the refs were not good just plain <laughs> really you're
2: gonna go to the refs card here not
1: good cleon what did you think of the game
2: uh me what i thought of the game i, I always like picking out three things that stuck out to me in the game first Even though Miles Davis did have a good game, I still wonder about the rushing attack for BYU. And the reason why is that Miles Davis was able to break free for what I considered for a lot of yards. Granted, a lot of those yards were on one rush late, late, late in the game. And so I'm still wondering about this BYU rushing attack because Miles Davis, he was able to gain some yards because he's fast. I'm wanting to see this on a game in and game out basis to make sure Miles Davis is the guy or was it just one game. So I I still am wondering about the rushing game right now. Uh, I love the heart of the defense. So many guys out and they still did their best. They still gave up 24 points, but two of those touchdowns were on short field. So I, I love the heart of the defense. Let's hope they can get some guys back healthy and we can see a better defense. The one that, that we saw against Baylor, I will say, for most of the game. And then uh, I also love that BYU and Wyoming are going to play in 2024. I was so grateful. You're
1: one of the few, I yeah, think, who really <laughs> loves that.
2: <laughs> I'm so grateful they're going to play in Laramie in 2024. This is what Tom Hommel had to say. Yes, we're going to play the game. It's a good game. Uh, I like the Interregional rivalry, old conference foes, and it's just a game that I think we should be playing. Thank you. I agree. I think it's a game they should be playing. Now, will they play it in the future? Don't know, but I'm glad that they're gonna keep the contract and they're gonna they're gonna honor that contract for the twenty twenty four game.
1: For sure. And I know you know Wyoming is loving that too, because that will boost their resume with BYU in the Big Twelve. To me, Cleon, it seemed like the defense uh, was worse than they actually were. When you're watching the game, you're like, holy cow, these guys look really bad. But it was because on Wyoming's very first drive, they were averaging over nine yards per carry. But then the defense tightened up a little bit, so they weren't that that bad. But five defensive starters were out with injury, and some of the key guys on on offense as well. So I'm hoping everyone gets healthy. I know a lot of guys are supposed supposed to be coming back for this week's game against Utah State. In my opinion, hold them out another week. Hold them out another week, make them extremely healthy before Notre Dame. Uh, Utah State is just not
2: good. No, I, I I agree with you. I think that I think that's a good or or if they are going to play, maybe they only play like a couple quarters. If if yeah. you're not talking about Jaron Hall, maybe you want him to play a little bit more just because he's a quarterback. But I think for some of these players, some of the skill players that we want to see, especially when you're talking about the wide receivers, I'm thinking Gunnar Romney. Yep. Um, It'd be great to—you just want to have him see some action right now. Right. So it'd be great for him to see action, but it'd be great also if he's able to come out of the game early uh, because BYU is winning this game and then save himself for Notre Dame, along with a lot of defensive players, too.
1: Because you don't want to see something like happen against—like with Puka Nakua, who comes in after being injured for a couple of weeks and gets injured again. You don't want that to happen in the Utah State game. You want these guys healthy for Notre Dame. All right, Utah State-BYU rivalry. From an old rival last week to a longtime rival this week, Utah State is coming to Provo for another edition of the battle for the old wagon wheel. Here are some of the facts. This is BYU's second longest rival. The Cougars and Aggies have been playing since 1922. BYU has been dominant in the series since 72, which coincides with Lavelle Edwards starting as BYU's football coach. And by the way, Coach Edwards was a USU graduate. Oh, he was an Aggie. I don't know. How, what do we think of Lavelle, knowing that information? I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I,
2: I, I, I mean, you know, you gotta you got to go to school somewhere. <laughs> you do.
1: Hey, you do. And then you, as long as he lands in the right place, you know. Most of the games since 92 have been played in Provo, and it hasn't always happened, but for many years this game was synonymous with Friday night general conference weekend. Uh, they didn't play three straight years in the 2000s for some reason, and we don't know when this game will be played again. What do you think about that, Cleon?
2: I—, I I'll, I'll save some of my feelings, but I'm, I really like this rivalry. I actually have very fond memories of Friday night games. Coming down uh, when I used to go to school at Rick's College, coming down from Rick's College to watch the Friday night BYU-USU game, uh, mostly those games were in Provo. And so to be able to come down and watch those games and uh, meet up with friends and watch a good football game, hang out late Friday night, and then groggily watch General Conference the next morning. So (laughs) I I have fond memories of of coming to the late night, or the Friday night, I should say, the Friday night BYU-Utah State games. BYU Sports Network color analyst Riley Nelson has a unique spin on this rivalry. He grew up in the Cache Valley, played in 2006 for USU. His brother played for USU. His dad played football for USU. His grandfather was the Aggies head basketball coach and athletic director. He was part of USU royalty. But after his mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he decided to transfer to BYU. So I talked to him briefly about what the game means to each team's fan base. From the USU side of things, does this game still mean a lot to the Utah State fan base?
3: It definitely does. Um, you know, they're always looking for opportunities to knock BYU down a peg. Um for, you know, all that happened during the eighties and nineties and really, really since Lavelle took over, right, which is where that rivalry really started to take a, a different shape and was so lopsided. In BYU's favor and so every win and every dig that they can get back I mean they fully enjoyed Jordan Love and crew coming in in 2018 and beating down BYU and back that year when Taysom got hurt you know the and Nick Vigil was playing offense and defense and of course all the way back in 2010 when we lost for the first time in decades up in uh, what was then Romney Stadium now Maverick Stadium so yeah those are all memorable moments for both the fans but also the program uh you know the they the wagon wheels something they pride themselves on as you walk through their facilities they have you know up on the walls pictures of of their victories against BYU and so it, it definitely does mean a lot although i will say the intensity is a little bit less and because uh, they know it's not going to persist.
2: What about the other side, like BYU back to Utah State? And the reason I ask, let me let me speak from my point of view. I like the BYU-Utah State rivalry. I like in-state rivalries. I'm I'm glad that these teams are playing each other, and I, I hope they can find time to play in the future too. But do you find it, I, I like it, but do you find it from other people in the BYU fan base that they care about this uh, Utah State rivalry as much as maybe I do?
3: They don't when they win, but they do when they lose. That's that's the reality of it. They kind of BYU kind of has that, uh, you know, big brother mentality, because first in most everybody's memory, what they can remember is that LaBella era when it was so lopsided that um, and a lot of people define a rivalry by its competitiveness. But I mean, look across it. I mean. Alabama Auburn for the last 20 years been very lopsided one way. Michigan Ohio State for the last 30 years been and, and even over the long term like been very lopsided the last 30 40 years. These these rivalries really aren't that competitive yet they're still big time rivalries as you look USC UCLA is another one, right? But you look so as you look acar- across the college landscape but what is deemed a rivalry? I don't think competitiveness is a prerequisite although there are a lot of BYU fans that feel that way that which is you know why if you pull them they might rank Boise State's um, rivalry uh, ahead of Utah State's because it's been more competitive in the recent past but a lot of other people define reality or sorry define a rivalry more things based on you know history and longevity they base it on you know proximity storylines right brothers playing against brothers and being you know 120 miles apart and a lot of those things, but I'd say on the whole, BYU fans try to act like it. it's not a rivalry. But when uh, in, in the in the few cases when we've lost in the last decade or so, uh, you can tell that BYU fans are definitely affected by it, which undermines their their uh, them trying to say that it's not a rivalry. Because if it weren't a rivalry, it wouldn't affect them so much.
1: I love Riley Nelson, and from my limited experience with this rivalry, I completely agree with him. I feel like it's a game that BYU doesn't think about much, but when they lose, woo, they think about it for a very long time.
2: I would probably say that that's when I started caring about the rivalry more is when BYU started losing to Utah State, but my perspective kind of changed after that. I I guess I started uh, loving the rivalry a little bit more After BYU lost Utah State, because when you beat Utah State so many times, if you're a BYU fan, you're like, well, they should beat them every single year. Yeah. But in reality, as you I will say this, as you grow older, you start to recognize that is almost impossible. Right. Uh, Unless you're I don't know, as good as like an Alabama and you're beating like a Vanderbilt every single year for several. I mean, that's different in in this rivalry. It's just not going to happen. You're you're going to Utah State's going to win games. That's. That's just the fact of the matter.
1: Well, and there's there's brothers on opposing teams, there's family and friends, and everything's just interconnected. And I think that's why it makes it really fun too. Let's talk about what we love and don't love about this rival- rivalry. That's one for me. I like that there's so much back and forth. I like that. I like that a, a brother can be playing against an up brother. You know what I mean? And and it just divides, but also brings us all together. Um, BYU historically has had the better team, and there have been a lot of tough games. I actually really love that USU loves the trash talk. I like all the, the stuff they put together, um, about the players and their wives and their families. They know these (laughs) crazy facts about them and, and yell at them when they go behind them. I know the players probably don't love that, but I think most of them for the, for the most part, think it's a good time. And, uh, I don't love, Cleon, how many injuries come out of this rivalry. It is crazy to me. Jimmy Lawler tweeted out a list of BYU starting quarterbacks who didn't finish the USU game since 2011. Jay Keeps in 2011, Taysom Hill in 2012, 14, and 16 got injured against USU. Oh my gosh, I I can't even think about those years because it makes me so mad. Bo Hodge in 2017, Tanner Mangum in 2018, Jaron Hall in 2019, and most recently, Baylor Romney in 2021. That is an unreal statistic. It is.
2: It is. And not all of them are injuries, though. So we no. can't. We can't I, I remember back when Taysom Hill got injured all th- three of those yes. games. The, the narrative was Is USU dirty? Are they trying to injure Taysom well, Hill? Well, I believe
1: the same linebacker injured him two years in a row. So, but, dirty. but I don't think I they're mean, dirty. I, I, no, I, I don't. I
2: mean, come on, it's football. Totally. Uh, and, and, but but two of those, and we'll, we're going to be talking about one in a bit, uh, and that's the 2011 game. And Jake Heaps was pulled from that game because he wasn't playing well. In, in 2018, I was at that game. Tanner Mangum was pulled from that game because he wasn't playing well. Right. So it's not all because of injury. Granted, a lot of them were because of injuries. All,
1: all the other ones were injuries besides Jake Heaps yeah, and Tanner I mean, Mangum. The, the, but, yes. but those
2: two were injuries and yeah it is unfortunate it's unfortunate that BYU can't seem to leave a starting quarterback against USU in in many of these games
1: here's the hoping Jaren Hall stays healthy
2: yeah exactly okay I love in-state rivalries Lauren and I think BYU should be playing Utah and Utah State as much as possible other than Utah this is the rivalry, rivalry game I want to see played the most it means a lot to me that BYU plays these games and i have no reason to want it to change just because you lose your to your rival like every once in a while like i've talked about that doesn't mean you should stop playing the, you should stop playing the game as a BYU fan i want to play utah every season if it means losing streaks so be it and same for the aggies if byu loses every once in a while that's fine um i remember as i said they came to the 2018 game uh, as a fan i wasn't actually working any radio and i came as a fan and i brought like 30 other people from my neighborhood because we wanted the cheaper tickets, and if you get a big group of like 30, you get a little bit cheaper tickets. And so we all fought our way down here, and we're hoping for a good game. And Utah State just kicks BYU's rear, 45 to 20. Utah State fans left Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a high. By the way, Tanner Mangum, as we said, started that game. Zach Wilson finish that game, mm. and you should have heard all the BYU fans saying, man, you should have played him earlier. Of anyway, course I did. Even with the loss, <laughs> I still wanted BYU to play this game the following year. I It was still good to see them play against each other. And to have a trophy on the line, I mean, come on, you got to play that game as much as possible. When you got a wagon wheel as your trophy, that's really cool. Listen, I don't see why this should not be played as much as possible. And with Tom Homo saying that he's going to keep the contract with Wyoming, I'm, I have hope that this rivalry will continue in the future. I don't think this should be a one-sided rivalry either. I think this game should be played in Provo just as much as it has in Logan. I know that that hasn't always been the Mm -hmm. case. And I like it when they play in Logan. I, I went up to, in 2017, I think it was 2017, BYU played Utah State up in Logan in basketball at Spectrum. I wanted to go because I'd never been to a game at the Spectrum before, and I thought, what a way to go to the Spectrum, go watch them play BYU. And it was so much fun. How much the students get into it. The students are in back of the basket, but they also are in back of where the media sit. So I talked to a few of the students about it, and it was just so much fun. BYU came out as the victors in that game. But it's so much fun to see how much those students uh, care about this game. And by the way, we always hear whining and crying from the USU fans that BYU doesn't play Utah State or when the games have an advantage over the other, like BYU always wanting to play in Provo or at a neutral site in basketball, uh, guess what? They have a valid point. (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and fight over that. You you actually Utah State fans, you have a valid point. You can whine and complain about it, or you can actually figure out a way to make this more even in the future. And if you can, I think that's good. And I think right now BYU has an athletic director that's very – agreeable to doing that.
1: I think so too. What's interesting is I think USU fans feel about BYU as BYU fans feel about Utah. BYU fans, we've lost to Utah for we lost nine years in a row. And so you get the butterflies leading up to that game. You're like, this is the year. This has got to be the year that we win. And I feel like that's what Utah State fans feel about coming into BYU and playing BYU. Um So there's one other thing that this rivalry has in common, and that's ice cream. Cleon, what's your experience with the two creameries?
2: Well, I will have to say a few weeks ago, I was up in Logan for a wedding. And while I was up there between the wedding ceremony and the reception that night, I drove up with my kids to the Aggie Creamery because I wanted to try the ice cream out. I had... Aggie ROTC, which was like a, a chocolate ice cream with the raspberry ripple in it. It had uh, uh, chocolate chocolate cookie chunks in there. Oh, yeah! And so I'm eating that and I'm like, the only complaint I had is I wanted just a little bit more raspberry ripple. But I'm eating that and I tried my kid's <laughs> ice cream out and I'm like, man, this is good. This is really good ice cream. And it was a game day that day. So It was a huge line for us just to get the ice cream. But we're sitting outside the creamery and we're eating it. And I said to him, I don't think I could judge between BYU creamery or USU creamery. They're both really good. I've had a lot of BYU creamery ice cream over, over my time, not only working here, but before that. So I, I'm just gonna say I I can't declare it. It's a tie. I can't declare a winner. It's a tie. I think I need more of both <laughs> to be able to declare a winner. So I need to go back up to Logan sometime and just bring some down yeah. and compare it with some BYU Creamery ice cream. Count
1: me in. Count me in. I'll I'll be one of the test subjects. I, I love me some ice cream. By
2: the way, their big thing that a lot of people get out there is blue mint ice cream. Blue for you know Aggie colors. For blue sure. mint ice cream. I didn't want that. I'm not a huge fan of mint. I don't mind a little bit of mint ice cream, yeah. but I'm just like I'm not going to get that, but now I start I'm now starting to think maybe I should have got the blue mint so I know what everyone's talking
1: about. BYU has something similar and it's actually very very good. Coming up, former Cougar greats Curtis Brown and Brett Ingemann talk about one of the greatest comebacks in BYU football history exactly 20 years ago, which just happened to be against the Aggies. This is Cougar tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McClain alongside Cleon Wall. Two of BYU's best comeback victories happened against USU. In fact, BYU's largest comeback happened against the Aggies in Logan in 2002. Two key contributors in this game were freshman running back Curtis Brown and quarterback Brett Ingeman. I chatted with Curtis and Cleon with Brett since it's the 20-year anniversary of the game. So, Curtis, it's been 20 years since your breakout game, your freshman year against Utah State. How does that make you feel?
4: Um, when you put it that way, it makes me feel really old. Twenty years <laughs> seems like forever.
2: Brett, can you believe it's been twenty years since you participated in the biggest comeback in BYU football history?
0: I can't. I was just thinking about that. I thought about that until now. That's insane. Time is something I don't think I'll ever understand. It's it's in a blink of an eye, and here we are, twenty years later. I
4: can't believe it.
1: So, before heading into that game, what was your knowledge? of the rivalry and the history between the cougars and the aggies
4: um to be pretty honest uh, i i don't think i truly appreciated the rivalry between utah state and byu um same thing with university in utah it was one of those things where it's just hey i'm at byu this gonna be my first opportunity to actually play and, and get some real legitimate playing time i actually had a buddy of mine that i went to high school with that i was that played for utah state was a started for them and so i was more excited about that opportunity to to play against someone that uh, I went to high school with more than anything else. But once I got into that stadium and you, you hear the trash talking, I think that's when you know the game is different. We had played a few different games prior to that, and the trash talking was nothing like it was in that stadium. And so I could definitely tell that this was different.
1: Well, as we mentioned, you were a freshman. What do you remember feeling when you knew it was your time and your number was being called?
4: Uh, There's definitely a lot of excitement, a lot of anxiousness. And, you know, I, I, I felt like I, I demonstrated enough in training camp and, and in the first couple games of the season that I could, you know, lead the team from the backfield. And so I was excited and just ready to play. And at the end of the day, I, I didn't think I was going to carry the ball that many times, especially knowing our offense, knowing um, we like to air it out. Uh, so I was, I was pleasantly surprised when we were able to run the ball as effectively as we were.
0: Second and goal from the two, Curtis
4: Brown.
1: Touchdown! Not only did you get a lot of touches, but you scored the first and only touchdown in the first half. You punched it in from two yards out. What do you remember about that moment?
4: Um, what's so funny is I, I have – I remember watching the TV version, and I just remember after scoring, uh, seeing somebody flip off flip me off in the, from the stands. And I mean that's just kind of one of those things where it was just like a lot of excitement, a lot of happiness. We were um, – you know, that student section is rowdy and it was just a good feeling <laughs> to know that i i made some maggie cans really mad that that touchdown
0: three man rush and engerman puts it up and that had been shot down in hunting season and it's picked off a lot of white shirts in front look at this that's going to be a touchdown jerome dennis yes unbelievable how
2: did you feel at halftime after throwing the pick six to put you down thirty four seven at the break? Were you guys talking comeback? Were you thinking comeback in your mind?
0: Well, I did. I did that on purpose um, <laughs> because I knew that it, it, it would be the biggest comeback. <laughs> you know what? I I remember that play like it was yesterday. I remember winding up. I just wound up way too much to try to throw it. I think we were seventy yards from the end zone and. It just came off my thumb kind of weird. It was probably the worst pass I've ever thrown in my life. I think the, the safety uh, fair caught it. He <laughs> had time to. And then took it 70 yards to the end zone. That was a low moment for sure. I remember going into the, to the locker room. BYU fans booing. Utah State fans throwing things at us.
4: It was tough. Um, I mean, we were getting our butts kicked. I don't think anybody in that locker room uh, truly believed that we were going to come back and scored you know 28 straight points uh it was just a lot of confusion just like what is going on like nothing was going right for us
0: but i do remember going up to coach croton and i just i walked up to him and i said coach do not take me out of this game do not take me out of this game let me give me a chance to come back and uh so anyway sure enough he left me in the game
4: and so it was just hey we we got to finish strong we got to finish with their heads held high we just got to go out and play and I really just think it, it shocked a lot of us just our ability to just persevere and and just focus on you know one drive at a time and the defense stepped up they they did a phenomenal job shutting them out the second half uh, but I think for our offense it we demonstrated to ourselves that we we have all the tools necessary to be successful um we just needed to, to stay within the drive stay within each play and not think too big. You know, outside of that
0: Cougars need a yard and Brown is going to get a whole lot more than that Curtis Brown third touchdown of the game Did where yes, would you have yes.
2: been without Curtis Brown in that game he does run for 217 yards and three touchdowns in that game
0: oh yeah I mean that was he it would have been it would have been tough sledding for sure um, I mean had Curtis not been in we probably would have had to dial in some different plays, maybe throw a few more screens. I think – I re-watched that game last week, and and I think we probably threw about 15 screen passes. Maybe we would have thrown – had to throw about 40 or so to uh, to make up for, for Curtis not being there. But, man, he was – he was tough and such a stud and as a true freshman really just above and beyond anything that any of us expected of him. Um, I wasn't surprised at all just because I've been practicing with him and playing with him but but uh, I knew that he was a great player and had that in him but man that was needed on that night and, and he was such a stud.
2: What do you remember of that game-winning touchdown pass?
0: I remember that again was in slow motion and I remember thinking just get it to him. I came out from the, the play action. We did a a boot right and gabe was just standing all by himself in the end zone and it was one of those throws where you're you're just i didn't want to overthrow it and as i released it i thought uh uh-oh i saw the safety coming out of the corner of my eye and i thought oh i hope it's enough i hope it's enough oh it's enough he got it touchdown
3: it was fun with a man open and it is touchdown
1: gabe reed You mentioned you really like making the Aggies fans mad. So BYU takes its first lead of the game with 6:45 left to play in the fourth quarter. Walk us through what the atmosphere was like at Romney Stadium after scoring 28 unanswered points.
4: It was like a funeral. Um, I think their mascot had died. Um, They were. It was somber. It was quiet. It was. I was excited. Our fans were excited. At that point, it, it felt like a home game just because our fans were truly into it. It didn't matter whether we had. 500 fans or a 1,000, um, they made their presence known. And it was it was just a fun time for us just to, to truly look at our ourselves and what we were able to achieve and, and just know that, hey, we have a chance to go out and, and finish this the right way. Um, and it's a win that we'll, we knew would be talked about for years to come.
1: Well, Curtis, you finished with 217 yards and three touchdowns, a breakout game for you, and you'd eventually become – the all-time leading rusher at BYU, and now you're in the third spot. Being a true freshman, how did games like that early on motivate you and benefit you for your future, do you think?
4: Well, I think when you have a chance to start at that level at that age, you know, as a, as a true freshman, it definitely boosts that confidence. I, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how confident you are. At some point in time, you, as a player, you question, okay, am I ready? Is, is this my time? Am, am I where I need to be? And, and so for me to have that experience, it just gave me a – a lot of confidence knowing that moving forward, you know, I, I'm meant to be here. This is, this school is, is where I need to be, and, and this team is what I need to be a part of, and, and I can contribute. And so I think uh, as we look at it, I mean, it, it's amazing how kids right out of high school can do so exceptionally well, um, way better than I did. I mean, I had one big game, and that was about it where I, you know, I'm looking at some of the players that came after me that have stepped up as, as true freshmen, and they've just been phenomenal. And so I think when you can have that kind of success as a freshman, it only carries over and carries momentum into the, the next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely something in the water with some of these kids coming in now. Uh, there's, that, oh, that is sure. still considered one of the greatest comebacks in BYU football history, and you played a major role in making that happen. What does that mean to you?
4: Well, I'm just proud to be part of a BYU history. Um, whether I'm a – you know third leading rusher all the time, five, 10, um, just to be aligned with, with phenomenal teammates, uh, you know, great coaching staff, uh, a great institution um, such as BYU. Um, I'm just proud to be something, be part of something bigger than myself. But I know that's kind of one of those things that all everybody says that, but the reality is this, is that, uh, you know, one of the quotes I always take with me into work is like, none of us is greater than some of us. Um, and, and to me, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today in my life, in my career, um, without the foundation of BYU and the football program and and the principles, it's it's helping still in me. And so I'm just grateful to be part of such a a great institution. I'm definitely glad glad we're gonna be in the Big 12. this independent thing has gone a little too long, and so I think, yeah, just being able to, to be aligned with some of the greats that, that came through BYU, it's just an honor. So
1: fun talking to those guys because they were like my heroes growing up. <laughs> I I loved them, and like I mentioned to Curtis at the end, it, was, it didn't actually end up in here, but I said, my friend, I think, still has a poster of you in her bedroom. She just loved Curtis Brown, so anyway. Good times. Good time talking to those guys.
2: Earlier in the episode, I talked to Riley Nelson about what the rivalry means to the two teams' fan bases. But I also asked him some questions about the 2011 BYU-USU game in Provo. It was another crazy comeback.
3: I came in with four minutes left in the third quarter. So they stuck with Jake uh, coming out of halftime. And uh, I just got a call down from the coordinators off, down from the booth, saying, hey, you're going in next series. And what's so funny is, like, it just happened to be against Utah State, the the timing and circumstances. But really, for me personally, um, obviously, you know, we dropped that game and I think it completely changed the complexion of that season. For me personally, it was an opportunity to win what I thought was my job back. Right. I lost it in 2010 after uh, suffering a season ending shoulder injury to Florida State. And then was never really given a uh, an opportunity to compete to win my job back. I was just, when I came back from injury, I was slated in as a backup. So being given this opportunity, um, uh, and by the way, there was no talk of like at that moment of, of me getting my job back. But when I was being put in a game in a meaningful circumstance, and I knew that I did have a, a tremendous opportunity to win my job back. And then if I didn't perform, you know, I was likely sealing my fate. Uh, to hold a clipboard for the rest of my career at BYU, so that's more the emotions and that's more the memories for me tied around it personally. I know for the for the program, obviously we had lost the year before uh, up in Logan, and so it was very important to us as teammates. I mean, we were staring down the barrel of two straight losses to Utah State, which I, I don't, I who, no one can remember, no one's alive that can <laughs> remember the last time that happened, right? And so I know for us as a team, as a program, just the pride element of not dropping two straight games to our rival and especially losing at home to the Aggies was huge. Uh, but for me, <laughs> you know, it may sound a little bit selfish, but <laughs> I, I, it, it comes from it came from a place of just wanting to be on the field and help my team. Um, so for me, I was far more focused on doing my job to secure my spot at being able to continue to play quarterback at BYU and not be relegated to a backup.
0: Pops, lobs it to the end zone for Hoffman. He's got
2: touchdown! You were down 24-13 early in the fourth quarter. You throw a TD to Cody Hoffman to make it 24-20 with just over 10 minutes left. BYU gets the ball back one more time. Under three minutes left, you're pinned down inside your 10-yard line. Were you confident you were going to come out of that game
3: with a victory? Yeah, so all's well that ends well, right? Um, I was far more confident the drive prior when uh, Jay, and he's all right. I mean, he's confident in his contribution, so I'm not calling him out or anything, and and it was what happened, but If you remember the drive prior to that two-minute drive, J.J. DeLuigi fumbled the ball in the red zone. We were going in to score. Riley
0: takes a snap and a blitz coming, and it's DeLuigi,
3: and he fumbles the ball. I was far more confident in our ability to win the game on on our second-to-last drive of the game than I was in our last drive of the game. Um, If you remember, yeah, we got the ball on the four, and then I actually got sacked for two yards, so it backed us all the way back. We were second and 12 uh, to start that drive, and – you know, I again, you can't, uh, to get you inside the mind, at least uh, of me, um, but but also kind of what performance psychologists try to work. Dr. Craig Manning was working with me a lot. And I remember really putting these principles to the test in that specific circumstance. But if you try and take the whole weight of the game, including the outcome, it affects your play from play to play. So Literally, I mean, it's kind of like that old proverb, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Well, how do you mount a comeback with less than two minutes left and 98 yards to go? It's one down at a time, one play at a time. So my main focus was just try and get that first completion, try and keep every play positive, whether that's through the air or running. In some trouble
0: now, by some time, looks, sets his feet, checks it as far as he can. It's
3: That drive doesn't happen without McKay breaking free downfield and us being able to pick up a 50-yard chunk in the middle of that drive. And then, of course, with it ending you know, on a tip ball pass interference uh, where I went back to J.J. after he had fumbled the one prior. He beat his guy to the inside. He, he was getting held and spun around. And as he reached up for the ball, uh, unable to catch it because his arm was being held, obviously he tips up, and Marcus Matthews was right there to catch it and seal the victory. Nelson sets his feet, throws, tipped up, and it's caught. Great moment for me, great moment for that 2011 team. And still to this day, you know, fans that uh, I hear from fans all the time that that's one of their more memorable games. And it really has been one of the more memorable games of the last couple of decades in LaValle Edwards Stadium because of the way that it ended with it being on a Friday night, uh, with it being against a rival and all the circumstances. So I just, uh, you know, as time goes on, I become more and more grateful for having been able to be a part of that game.
2: What did you and your teammates say to each other after
3: that game-winning play? <laughs> Thank goodness! <laughs> <laughs> it was more relief than anything else. I mean, we were we were pretty excited. I actually, what's funny is so, uh, and you can see this on the film. The first is like I dap up the alignment, right? I think like Matt Reynolds comes and I jump up on his shoulders, and you know we're slapping helmets and all that. And then Marcus Matthews comes around. And he had actually hurt his ribs. So, like, I go to hug him, and I still remember we're kind of rubbing off the field. and Like, he stiff arms me like, dude, I think my ribs are broke. Don't squeeze me. Don't touch me, please. And then, you know, slap him on the helmet, and, and we got off there and, and just did it. And, I mean, we, we got in the locker room, and obviously, you know, I had, despite being in as the backup, I had moved over to special teams and, and all that. And so a lot of the defensive players were, you know, coming up and saying, we're so glad to see you get another shot. You know, you put in the work. Um, all of those things, but it, it was honestly more than anything else. I think like the Baylor win and overtime, and some of the other bigger win, the USC wins, some of these big ones uh, that we've had over the years in the Belvedere Stadium were more like just the pure excitement of joy. I think the initial, um, the initial <laughs> emotion for that team that year was just relief that we weren't the team that you know to be the first in 50 years or however many years it was to drop back-to-back games. Utah State, including losing at home.
1: What a cool opportunity for Riley Nielsen that year, and also for the Matthews brothers. They separately, Mitch Matthews, Marcus Matthews, were involved in two of the greatest comebacks in BOU history. Mitch Matthews against Nebraska, Marcus Matthews in this USU game in 2011. How cool for those brothers to be able to have that. They both caught these incredible game-winning catches in huge games. But, yes, that that game was one of the most memorable to me, honestly, when I think about it because I remember it was not pretty. Riley Nelson was a great quarterback, but he was very, very scrappy. You never quite knew what you were going to get, but obviously the game ended well.
2: Probably one of the other games I would mention is the 2006 game between BYU and Utah State. And the reason why I wanted to bring it up, it did not make it into the interview, but uh, Riley also talked about that game because he was actually playing for Utah State Mm. at that time. And he told me, this is how much BYU thought of Utah State in that game. John Beck had been injured against Boston College the week before with an ankle sprain, and they were going to play another big game the week after that. And he said, so against Utah State, they decided to rest him and they played Jason Beck in that game who was the backup quarterback and now the quarterback's coach at Syracuse and he says they decided to play they decided to play Jason Beck in that game and they were so confident that they was they would win and we were not a good team He's referring to USU. He goes, "We were not a good team, and that game ended up 38 to nothing." Why is that memorable to me too? I actually had season tickets that year, and we came down, and I brought a friend with me, and I couldn't believe BYU won 38 to nothing in that game. Why couldn't you believe it? I, I guess for me, I just thought backup quarterback. To me, it's like backup quarterback just get the win. Who cares how you do it? Maybe they win by two, three touchdowns, but I just thought there's no way they're going to be as effective as they were. And I, expect, I always expect the other team to score at least one touchdown in a game. Right. So to see BYU shut them out in that game, that, that was nice to see.
1: Well, no wonder why Riley came to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, and that does it for us today. Thanks again to Riley Nielsen, Curtis Brown, and Brett Ingeman for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.